Hey, it's Jose Galison of No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also find me on every major podcatcher and Odyssey as well. Today, the guest is me. Uh, this is a solo episode. Uh, just to remind you guys of the template uh, that we're working with now. This is a live stream, but it's only going up to my patrons. Uh, this is the 17th of November. Uh, so this is only for my patrons right now. They'll also be able to watch it in the bet- in between from when it, the live stream done and when I throw it up uh, for public consumption. Um, I do want to let you guys know that my patron, the lowest tier is two bucks. So if you want to get in there, it's just $2 a month. Uh, and that'll get you access to the live stream. It'll get you access to the episodes. Uh, if you want chat preference, that's $5. Uh, and then $10 I'll, I'll offer. If you're a $10 patron, I will essentially let you curate an episode uh uh, whether it be we do an episode together, you pick a guest, pick a topic, something along those lines. It'd be something we'd have to be flexible on within reason. If you're trying to get me to do something I have absolutely nothing to say on or I can't find a guest, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, for my $20 uh, patrons, those are ones who are my sponsors, and I will be you know, dropping their names. Uh, so that's C.D. McRae of the Whiskey and Tea Podcast. She's one. Jermaine Vincent, Adam, and then at Big Boghorn. Uh, that's his Twitter handle of the No Time to Explain podcast. Today, the topic I'm doing is I'm going to be doing the uh, Hawk Die Anarchy um, essay out of the Anarchist Handbook. So this will be one of my Anarchist Handbook uh, series episodes. Uh, like I said, I mentioned the Patreon earlier. Patreon.com. just no way Jose 2020. That's the link if you want to go check it out. Uh, as always, go check out Top Lobster uh, at toplobster.com. Use Jose at checkout to get 10% off. I'm wearing one of his shirts right now. I have a ton of his shirts now. I'd be wearing that shit all the time. Um, all right. Well, like I said, this is a Hawk Die Anarchy episode. It's the first. This is the introductory chapter of Anarchist Handbook. Um, I'm pretty sure this was something that Alice wrote. It was just a little essay, kind of an introduction into the book. Uh, so I'll basically, it's only a few pages, so I'll be pretty much doing like a live reading. Uh, that's the, what I'm going with here. But I'll make some comments here and there if I, if I have something to say. But I, I would view this, I, I, being as this is the first chapter and people might be following along in the book, uh, I, this will, for a lot of people, once it's all done, this will probably be their first uh, entry. You know, you know, hopefully, I'm hoping this series is like an evergreen thing. I haven't seen anyone else doing these. Um, I mean, so for those just now watching this or if this is your first one years or, or whatever from now, you're, you're, you're stumbling across this. Uh, I, at this point, I've already done a few because I've kind of just done them at my leisure when it felt right. Um, and so you guys know what I'm trying to do here is I'm not, I went the, what I'm trying to do here is I'm not necessarily trying to do critiques of everyone, but I'm, I'm having people on that I feel can give them a, you know, the steel man version of each ideology and, uh, we'll talk it through. So for example, I, I did, I've already done Sterner. I did that with uh, Magnus Benvidia. Um, he's a big egoist as, as am I, uh, I did uh, I did Murray Rothbard and I did, did that chapter with Dave Smith, which I mean that that makes sense. Emma Goldman with Thaddeus Russell. I've done Benjamin Tucker with Ace, uh, Lewis Ling with Clint Russell of Liberty Lockdown, and then I've done, so far I've done the last one. I've done, the most recent one I did was the David Friedman one with uh, Jeremy Kaufman, which was great as well. All of these have been great. I've been really happy with how these turned out, and I hope that you guys enjoy them as well. And it keeps going that way. Uh, so for posterity, for like the future, for people who watch this later, I do want to like, let it be known where I'm coming from. This is the Anarchist Handbook, but the, the, you know, as it says in the black flag has many colors or whatever the hell the saying is, uh, I, just so you guys know where I'm coming from, I'm going to have my own little biases. I would consider myself a right anarchist. I'm, 
I'm an egoist. I'm an agorist. I'm more of the ANCAP bent. Um, I mean, so for anyone who understands that lingo, and if you don't, you can figure out some of it sort of throughout the course of this book and uh, some of the discussions we'll be having here. So like I said, this is like, I, I kind of wanted this episode to be kind of like an introduction for the future for people who start looking, going into the series. And I hope you enjoy the series. Um, if you don't, I mean, let me know, give me whatever, you know, feedback you guys have. Um, I will, like I said, I am coming from the right, so I don't even really have any people slated for the lefties yet or in mind. So I'm kind of in my own little echo chamber. So anyone listening that's more of the left and you have good ideas for some of the lefties for guests for these, uh, episodes, let me know. But yeah, with that, I guess we'll go ahead and get into it. Open the sucker up and let's do it. All right. Hulk die anarchy. When I was in college, I took a bioethics course. Within the first couple of pages of our textbook, there's an illustration charting the spectrum of relationships between morality and the law. One end was marked as legalism, the belief that the law defined what is moral. The other end was labeled antinomianism, which is presented as the view that one's conscience, conscience is the arbiter of morality and that laws are of, more, of no moral relevance. I can't remember if it was the textbook or the professor, but our class discussion opened with since no one believes in antinomianism, the answer is somewhere to the other side of the bar. If an ideology had a name, the odds were quite high that someone did in fact believe in it. Antinomianism in ethics is anarchism in a socio-political context. The belief that the imposition of authority is illegitimate. In one sense, anarchism is nothing more than the declaration that you do not speak for me. Everything else is just implementation. It is possible to have a radical philosophy without first sounding like a lunatic or a moron. One of the reasons for this is that most radical philosophies are lunacy and the rest, for the most part, are moronic. To proclaim earnestly that this, the static quo, doesn't just need tweaks or massive changes, but a fundamental organization is an enormously high task to argue for. It's akin to discussing a friend and mentioning that he's very tall. One can perhaps push the envelope with an eight-foot-tall friend, but to claim someone to say 20 feet tall or apple feet tall simply wouldn't make any sense. The listener would have no frame of reference to even approximate what was meant to be said. This is what a society with a state sounds like to most people, for they have taken the legitimacy of government for granted all their lives. An alternative is incomprehensible. Uh, one good way to put this is this is normalcy bias. This is essentially what this is, the idea that what you consider to be normal is what is considered to be proper or because something is the normal thing that it's that's makes it okay. It's an appeal to its normalcy. There are many common visceral arguments against anarchism. Anarchism is a bad idea because it would lead to a government. Anarchism would mean authoritarian warlords being in charge of society. Anarchism is utopian and hasn't worked anywhere on earth, except when it has, in which case it doesn't count because the government exists somewhere and therefore made it work. Anarchism cannot work on a large scale, and anarchism cannot work on a small scale either because those areas would immediately be invaded. Inherent in this argument is that governments are, by their nature, invasive and predatory, that this being the anarchist view of the nature of government. There are, there are already several countries on Earth that don't have a military. And yes, many rely on foreign governments to protect them against invasion. The argument is that these foreign governments are thereby the real government. But outsourcing the delivery of security is no different than outsourcing the delivery of food. If the security insurers were the real government, they would be the ones giving and not taking orders. Yet all this misses a broader point. Anarchism is not a location. Anarchism is a relationship, one in which none of the parties has authority of the other. And this is a key point that I think uh, we a lot of times lose sight of, of what anarchism is. Whether we have anarchism in our life at all is, to some extent, irrelevant. 
the idea it's more the idea of just living anarchy uh, and that doesn't mean breaking laws whatever but um every nation is in an anarchist relationship with one another if a canadian kills an american in mexico there is some agreed upon mechanism to adjudicate the situation without involving a higher authority because there is no higher authority to invoke the situation would be the same if one's citizenship were voluntary and as easy to switch as a cell phone provider. Citizenship by geography is a landline technology in a post-smartphone world. At base level, all anarchism claims to do is resolve one major problem in interpersonal relationships, the forceful interjection of the state. Curing, curing cancer would make things a lot better for many people. Yes, there would be costs. Oncologists would be out of work, and cancer researchers would need new subjects to explore. An anarchist world would still have murderers and thieves and evil men and women. It simply wouldn't put them in a position to enforce their evil on everyone else via getting elected and decreeing the law. Curing cancer does not mean or imply curing diabetes, but neither does it mean or imply that curing cancer is utopian or a goal that should not be sought. As Randolph Bourne put it over a century ago, war is the health of the state, but plunder and societal conflict are not far behind when it comes to the government. It's quite easy to stump status by asking if they would consider if anarchism, uh, consider anarchism if there was a system of taxes and state action in place without police force. How it would work is beside the point. Whether this would be anarchism is the question. If government was a useful mechanism for adjudicating disputes, lawsuits would be as common as easily resolved as returning an item to the store or quitting one's job. If government was an effective mechanism for at solving or preventing crime, crime would be as minor a political issue as fashion is. Everyone needs to feel safe in their person, just as everyone needs clothing. Yet only one is a political issue year in and year out. So what is the alternative to the state? Private police or none at all? The original version of anarchism in the left-wing European tradition is opposed to domination by one person over another and advocates for society based on mutual aid and complete equality. The more recent version, the right capitalists, which as I told you, this would be more where I'd be coming from, uh, define themselves by opposition to the state. The right anarchists think the left anarchists are naive and lack a fundamental understanding of economics. I definitely would hold the last part to be a little bit, a little bit true, uh, not to throw jabs, but I, I actually think uh, the irony of the that a lot of right anarchists think the left anarchists are naive. I think in this current day and age we're dealing with. Uh, I think we're starting to. I think in some ways we're starting to realize some of us are writing because we're a little naive, uh, especially when it comes to like corporate side of things. Uh, and so there's definitely things to be learned from both sides here. Um, uh, the left anarchists think the right anarchists aren't anarchists at all, but mere apologists for corporate control and predation. Anarchism has been both a vision of a peaceful cooperative society and an ideology of revolutionary terror. Since the term itself, anarchism, is a negation. This is a great deal. There's a great deal of disagreement on what the positive alternative would look like. The black flag comes in many colors. On November 11th, 1887, four men were hung or hanged by the state of Illinois. They were accused of conspiring to murder because of their common bond and preaching their anarchist views. They became martyrs for the cause. At the base of the monument erected in their memory are carved the last words of one of them. August spies. The day will come, he had proclaimed from the gallows, when our silence will be more powerful than the voices you strangle today. The Anarchist Handbook is an opportunity for all these many varied voices to speak for themselves from across the decades. These were human beings who saw things differently from their fellow men. They fought and they loved, they lived and they died. They disagreed on much, but they all shared one vision, freedom. Well, that's the end of that chapter. Uh, I hope you guys 
enjoy this. Like I said, I intended this one to be like an introduction. Um, I'm really glad I'm doing this series. I haven't really seen anyone else doing it. Like I think I said earlier, I think someone, if you, there's anyone out there too, uh, I, I think it'd be cool if someone of a little bit more left wing bent did this series as well, uh, covered it a similar way that I did. That way that we can kind of get a little bit of a balance out some of the bias that I'm going to have because uh, I'm stuck in my little bubble. But yeah, um, well, like I said, this is, is going to be a short one because of that. But uh, yeah, I think you guys are getting an idea of what I'm shooting for here. And I hope to you guys enjoy more. I, I do have on the horizon, uh, I have. I'm probably going to drop in the Plunkett one at sometime soon. Uh, that, that one I'll just drop in whenever because it's only another few page one. So it'll probably be a uh, live reading. I think I might get Top Lobster for that one. Uh, then I'm going to have, uh, we're, I think the next big one, uh, which, because that one's a lot of reading. I'm still having to read through No Treason again. I'll be doing Spooner and I'm having to read for that one. Uh, and I, I'm trying to like kind of have almost an aesthetic to this too, like certain also like it, meaning things to people. Cause for example, with Reed, like that was his, like his book that did it for him. Uh, and also he is a homie too. So that's, that's always nice. Um, yeah, with that, this is a, I guess I'll go and drop my plugs again. This is a no way Jose uh, show. This is on uh, YouTube on all the major audio podcatchers. I'm on Odyssey as well. I'm no longer at Galley San Jose. I just got nuked on Twitter, but uh, there's a pretty cool dude at 2020 No Way Jose. He's pretty cool. You guys should go check him out. Uh, if you guys want to support me at Patreon, that'd be cool. Patreon.com is just No Way Jose 2020. Uh, like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. I'm trying to think if there's anything I forgot. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you guys have anything you want to add, uh, you ever want to like, you know, let me know what, what you guys think about these or who guests and such, just. Me up, and with that, uh, that's it.